Like, you should leave the country. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's really appropriate for this week. Espionage, state secrets, uh, because this week we are going to fix Red Sparrow. I am your host, JC. With me, as always, are the hosts that carry the show. How are you, Lady Wan? Tell us about your weekend. Did you do anything film or TV related? Go. Um, kind of. So not not intentionally. I went to a hockey game with some friends, and then they wanted to talk about movies. So we spent a lot of time at the bar post game breaking down Lady Bird. It was a good time. Ooh, breaking down nice. an Oscar snub. Well, in my friend's opinion, shout out to Brian. Thank you for listening. Uh, he said it was the best movie of 2017, and I happen to agree Ooh, with him. Whoa. Nice. Bold. Uh, Mustachio, did you do anything this week, TV, film related? Uh, nothing uh, too related to what we're doing. Um, I did see a good concert. I saw the Fleet Foxes. They Ooh. sound. How was that? Indie. Oh, it was beautiful. Can you think of a, a movie that they had a song in? Uh, not right now that I can think of. It's, uh, hey, we'll edit one in later. White Winter Hymnal by the Fleet Foxes appeared in the 2015 film Love the Coopers. Their song Mykonos was used in the crappy 2010 Robert Downey Jr. movie Due Date. So anyway, <laughs> well, let's uh, go ahead and, you know, we you are here. Here is Screen Fix, the show where we fix a movie. We also give you a little bit of movie, movie news that's going on right now. We're going to jump right into our news. Uh, and then we'll jump right into Red Sparrow, a bird that uh, never quite got its wings, huh? What do you think? Nah. <laughs> it wasn't that. It, it wasn't so bad, though. Come no, on. So anyway, it was garbage. Okay. So we're going <laughs> to jump right into the, into the movie news. Uh, our first bit of news here. Uh, did you see that the full Mary Poppins teaser trailer dropped? Looks like some kind of ominous force sweeping through uh, this quaint English town. It almost looked like a horror film to me or some kind of, I don't know, like this evil presence was coming and then through <laughs> the dark clouds came a woman. Out of the sky. Out of the sky comes a woman with a with an umbrella. It is Mary Poppins. And then she very creepily looks at her reflection and some of her reflection stays and glances at her. And that's yeah. it. That's pretty much the whole thing. That's in the, uh, uh, the original movie too, but... Mm-hmm. What do we think of this teaser? The the mood of the teaser, Emily Blunt, Mustachio, go. It looks like it's got some great charm to it. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, come on, like the 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 children that were watching it when they were young and seeing that, they're gonna be excited to see this again. Are they? Because um, this looked yeah, like the beginning of a horror movie. It did look like okay. Uh, so Ghostbusters two came to mind when he rides out of the sky on on this like carriage bicycle thing. Um, that was terrifying. Right, but with that, that one, there's already been a Ghostbusters 1 for you to be like, okay, this is what this yeah. movie is. This is like, let's do Mary Poppins for the new generation and make it seem yeah. like she's an evil being who rides the evil storm into town. No, it's yeah. totally she true makes to you, the vibe. She makes you take... It is. The... She, she shows up because those kids need to get into shape. Like, she has to set your household straight. That's why Mary Poppins <laughs> shows up. Medicine. Yeah, she's she lays down the law. Do those chores. I mean, the original <laughs> has some darkness to it. It's definitely there. I think it's true to the vibe. I like it. I had to go back and watch because I wanted to see 
first of all, the beginning of Mary Poppins, and I wanted to see also how Mary Poppins comes on to the scene. And uh, in the original, there are credits, and then you see her sitting on a cloud, primping and getting ready, uh, and that's it. I mean, it's, it is a little bit kind of overcast because it's... It's London. <laughs> right, because that's just London life. But uh, when she is introduced, there's this long, long, you know, there's kind of this silly scene about uh, they're interviewing nannies that day and there's this whole long line of nannies and none of them look like the ad that, that the kids want. And then this, and then this, this wind comes and snubbing nannies, and the wind kind of uh, comically blows all of the women away, yeah. and then appears Mary Poppins, who is Julian. who looks just like the kids want. So I don't know if she's there to ominously set these kids right, because it looks like they they want this nanny, and they're picking a nanny, and she's got the rosy cheeks that they want. And I I just thought that the original. What looked a bit lighter and it was a little bit more comical and uh, I don't know what this teaser was quite getting at I I'm sure that it's going to be light you know, I didn't like the teaser from that tone standpoint that's all I dug it did you not get a good feeling about it because like the male counterpart was that you know creepy guy from the movie what? Perfume what's the movie Perfume uh, only you know this answer was it Perfume <laughs> we're very confused it, by what you're talking called? about <laughs> oh my gosh so th that guy um he plays q in the new bond movies so that guy in the trailer he uh he was in uh, a very strange movie where he likes to take dead bodies and try to see if he can obtain the smell from Ew. them greg what are you doing uh, with your free time watching weird movies you're talking about the guy that does the voice of, of paddington yeah, so like in a movie where he wasn't keeping it marmalade, it was like he was he was grabbing bodies, trying to obtain the smell. Uh, I'm never I'm never gonna get it, but okay, so maybe the movie's not called Preview. <laughs> but anyway, that guy's kind of creepy to me, you know, when he's not being Paddington's happy little voice. His name's his name's Ben Wishaw, and he does have ben kind Wishaw. of a serial killer face but yeah i don't know so far it's got an interesting vibe and some interesting choices for me uh but of course this is just a uh, teaser so you know well, what am i supposed to know from a teaser this movie is directed by rob marshall who was the director of beauty and the beast yeah who knows it's in good hands because beauty and the beast made a whole gobs of money so what do i know all right so next on our docket here let's go ahead and jump into uh do any of you know anything about the movie uh logan's run only what I looked up about it. I I had heard of it, but I had never seen it. Ooh, right. Mm. It's just it's like one of those fun titles that I feel like everyone's heard, but nobody's seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was like a futuristic '80s movie. Was it '80s? No. Does it go back further? It's actually a a '70s movie starring uh, Michael York, and basically it's like one of those uh, dystopian movies where. Essentially, they kill people who reach the age of 30, and that's how they uh, maintain balance in their system with the population and resource consumption and things like that. And, but it, this guy decides that he's going to escape death. But the thing is, he's, he's one of the guys that usually kills others, and now that it's his turn, he's, he's running away. Okay, so he's like a Blade Runner. Right, there's kind of some shades of, of Blade Runner in there, sure. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be directed by Simon Kinberg, who's the person behind uh, X-Men. 
right behind the current x-men films is this a remake we want do we have confidence in this or the trailer kind of portrays it to be like this pleasure zone where you know all your desires come true just as long as you obey the age you know jewel on your hand and when he decides not to all hell breaks loose it looks boring but by all standards they could actually revitalize it rewrite it a little bit juice it up yeah it's kind of like uh tailor-made for like this kind of dystopian ya type stuff and sci-fi is really big right now so it's kind of it seems like the right time i guess to bring back this this property also uh it's got the writer of hunger games uh, a guy named peter craig so it's got all the ingredients for success perhaps are you uh what are your thoughts on this one lady one yeah why not it's older than me, so they should remake it. That's that's where I draw the line. Stop remaking movies younger than me. Keep them older than me. Okay. How's All that right. for a segue? But but yes. you're not that old. Like that, that's, I'm very young. That's that's not many movies. <laughs> <laughs> speaking I'm of I'm leading you into a segue. Speaking of sequels of films that came out while all of us were alive. They're going to remake Fear. And for those of you that don't know what that is, it was kind of a small uh, 90s movie. It was a, a it was kind of a, a breakout role for Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was him and Reese Witherspoon. And essentially, he plays a psycho boyfriend. And this movie yeah. is probably most... Uh, there's a couple pretty famous scenes in it. Like, I think there's... Uh, he hands her dog's... He throws her dog's head through a doggy door. Uh, and there's Ooh. also a scene where he... Uh, let's say pleasures her on a roller coaster to the song Wild Horses by the Sundays. Um, yeah, it's pretty uh, romantic. But anyway, does everything need a 90s remake? I mean, we're even getting a remake of Fear, the Mark Wahlberg movie. <laughs> no, we don't need this. We don't need How this. How do we at feel all. about this? How do we feel about this, Lady One? No, please no. Like, I don't even think Reese Witherspoon wants to acknowledge that she had any part in this movie. I think they asked her about the idea of a remake. Maybe it was a couple of years ago. It wasn't this recent conversation. And she's like, yeah, sure. That's a great idea. And just like walked away, like done talking about it. Would rather forget she had anything to do with that. She was on her way to the wrinkle in time premiere. (laughs) She's like, nope, no, we're not. Nope. Uh -uh." Can we not talk about that? That's how she is about it. She was like, no, I finally smoothed that wrinkle in time. And I would rather it just not. (laughs) Yep. I think this movie came out when I was about in middle school or so. Maybe it was high school, but, you know, a lot of young people latched onto this one. Uh, It had a good soundtrack. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Had a good soundtrack. (laughs) It had a pleasuring someone on a roller coaster scene. I think it's like... It was so 90s. Like, do you think you could be pleasured on a... On a roller coaster ride, like is that is that something you feel like is attainable? Can you climax on a roller coaster, Mustachio? Um, I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go with yes. I mean, as long as I got Big Bird in sight, I, I think anything's possible. Oh dear. Oh boy. <laughs> they don't even make roller coasters like that anymore. Hey, do you want? Is that a fetish of yours? Is that a dream of yours? No. Is that one of your checkboxes of of life? No. That's a hard no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no pun. Uh, so moving on. Speaking of other '90s remakes that 
this one though has been around for a while like the fear remake kind of surprised me like oh okay uh all right this other one i've been hearing about for a while jason momoa's the crow remake has finally been slated for a hard 2019 release the crow a huge 90s movie so nice. influential also had the death of its star brandon lee mm-hmm. is momoa ready to step into i mean there's been a whole bunch of awful sequels so he's not really stepping into <laughs> I mean, much he's kind of stepping into a that, franchise yeah. that had, that had already run its course uh yeah. and, and destroyed itself but, but that's that's <laughs> kind we... of a lot that's kind of a jc that's kind of a lot to live up to for jason momoa because i mean brandon lee pulled a black swan and he owns that role, and now someone else is going to step into it. That's that's a lot. That's a lot to try to live up to. Okay, so are we on board with Momoa's The Crow, Lady One? Well, based on my previously established rules of not remaking movies younger than me, I'm going to say no. But the fact that anybody wants this guy to take over another reasonably iconic character just makes me think that Aquaman is actually not going to suck. So I'm just <laughs> excited about Aquaman. Yeah. Water <laughs> Thor. I'm just taking this as positive news for the potential of Aquaman. You're seeing this as, okay, they're confident that Aquaman is good. Let's go ahead and throw yeah. out Momoa's crow. Yes. Let's make as much money yeah. off of him as we can because this dude has got it. Yes. And I'm w- ready to see a movie just all about Water Thor. How about you, Mustachio, do you have any, uh, like, deeper thoughts on this, on uh, The Crow? Deep thoughts by Mustachio. <laughs> In haiku form? <laughs> I listened to last week's episode. Oh, oh, where do you go? <laughs> Don't hide from me, you beautiful crow. <laughs> Cal Drogo. I don't, do you think that the original Crow is a great movie? Eh. I mean, I, I know I'm going to get the mustachio is going to get some haters on this one, but it's kind of culty. Like it's got a cult following, but I didn't get it. I mean, it's maybe it's, it's it has to live up for a lot for it to contain a bird entity. It was it me. was definitely like I appealing mean, to <laughs> the 90s black shirt, combat boot, Emo. black choker kind of, you know, subset of kids at that at that time uh it definitely had its its yeah. its cult audience so the so the goth goth kids yeah were the ones that the goth kids board. were loving it they were loving that soundtrack you know in the 90s there was so much like soundtrack love well the 80s and 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 the 90s were just the heyday of of soundtracks i mean the bodyguard is still one of the greatest selling albums of all time i don't think the crow is that great of a movie either it's it's fine uh i don't think it moves well into the next generation uh speaking of i can't think of a good segue here speaking of birds speaking of birds <laughs> vin diesel that segue doesn't work at all uh birds live in trees he was great oh, <laughs> you oh did it. there you did it is it. okay so uh vin diesel is going to be the star of a bloodshot movie bloodshot was a valiant comic and this movie is going to have the writer of the movie Arrival. So at first I was like, oh, Bloodshot movie with Din Diesel. With Din, Din Diesel. Din- I'm sorry. I actually Din- called him Din Diesel. Um, That's probably somebody's pet's name. Do you feel like there's somebody that has a fish named Finn Diesel? Oh, of course. Of course. That that works. Because <laughs> it's got like... Um, so Vin Diesel's Bloodshot <laughs> movie 
the plot of Bloodshot. Ooh, what what the hell is Bloodshot uh, about? If, is he just some villain in a comic no, or something? No, he's not a villain. But... No, I think he's like a weird right. good guy. Like he's like a he's a good guy with problems, like the Punisher. He's a crow type. Uh, yeah. Crow type. Bloodshot. Yeah, I don't. I can't keep all of these characters straight. Well, no, this one's Bloodshot, but like in Suicide Squad, Will Smith is Deadshot, and then there's Deathstroke, and then Deadpool, and yeah, I get lost. Bloodshot is this ex-soldier who had nanites injected into his blood, and now he can uh, regenerate. (laughs) And something about his memories, right? Like, he can't remember. Yeah, he, like, uh, like... A la Winter Soldier, he has had his memory wiped many a whole bunch of times. So he's kind of always out to figure out who he is, and he and he's he wants to get Mm -hmm. vengeance on the people that did this to him, a la Deadpool. Okay. So basically, they describe it as his bloodstream contains a billion nanocomputers. So he's like, and he can shape shift as well. This sounds terrible. Yeah, because, like, my computer can't shapeshift. What do computers have to do with shapeshifting? Yeah. I don't think I have that operating speed. Right? I- I'm all yeah. like, I didn't know that I got a cat. Oh, that's my laptop. <laughs> it just shapeshifted. Yeah. 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 Excuse me. Can you, it's a shapeshift. Can you shift back into a laptop, please? I need to do my taxes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I need to check my email. Will you just, like, shift Mer- back for me? Thanks. Um, so, yeah. Are we, do we need, I mean, with, there's so much saturation with comics. Do we need Valiant Comics now to be joining into the fray? Do we need Vin Diesel's Bloodshot? I am intrigued because it has the writer of Arrival. Arrival. So, (laughs) I mean, that's what it has. That's something that it has going for it. But other than that. Yeah, but that's an an adapted screenplay. Don't give him too much credit. Yeah, yeah, and he was working with, like, an amazing short story and came up with that movie, and now he's working with, like, some weird comics that we think the concept of sounds goofy. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, uh... I don't... My problem with this is not another comic book movie. It's not another character that sounds weird in, like, the description. My problem is I don't care about Vin Diesel. Like, he's not charismatic. He's not interesting. I- <laughs> he's not... I don't care what he's doing. Like, I don't care about the crow, but I'm interested in Jason Momoa and what he does. He's so interesting when he's performing. Like, you can't look away from him. But Vin Diesel is just like a snooze. Doesn't he have enough money? Why? I mean, is obviously, this some people still want to look at Vin Diesel. I mean, no, he drives cars. People want to look at cars. Oh, okay. I just think he's so- kind of the worst. <laughs> when he's not just saying I am Groot exclusively, right? For the whole no, movie. stay in your lane. So, how much Diesel. of of this Bloodshot movie is going to be about family? <laughs> it's going to be like a damn Olive Garden. Uh, he did also write Lights Out, which I liked a lot. Um, yeah, but he oh, also yeah, wrote yeah, some pretty bad. Uh, horror films he wrote uh the uh, nightmare on elm street remake he wrote the thing remake and he wrote destination five so there are worse choices like he's definitely got the ability to tell an interesting story so hopefully he does something good with it i just don't think that vin diesel can do anything interesting lights out was based on a very good concept from a short film and 
I don't know. Now I'm talking myself out of this guy. I was in, like, I'm I'm talking myself out of it. (laughs) All right, I have one more. So Avengers Infinity War, because we need, we need clicks so we can get the sponsors. Right now, all we can get is VHS Shack. You thought they're dead, but now they came back. Only at VHS Shack. Located off Highway 56. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the comics, before Infinity Gauntlet, spoiler warning, Thanos, his motivation for killing half of the universe is because he's trying to earn the love of death. In, in, in a lot of Marvel comics, there are these uh, concepts like death are actually embodied in a, in a physical being. And he's courting oh. death. He's in love with death and he wants to impress her. So he snaps his fingers and half the universe dies. In the movie, mm-hmm. they want him to, they want you to feel more uh, conflicted. They want you to identify more with uh, Thanos by making him, they're making it to where, you know, he's of course a Titan and they call him the mad Titan, but they're making it to where his planet of Titan was destroyed but and he's the last surviving titan but also when he was young he was a deformed titan and they treated him poorly josh brolin even likened him to quasimodo Uh so he kind of stuck out and he was they didn't let him join in all the titan games like rudolph anyway so they want you to feel for him and essentially he feels like his planet was destroyed through kind of things going on in the universe he feels that killing off half of the universe is going to help save the other half of the universe and like he's like in his mind he's doing the necessary thing so you're supposed to kind of identify with him some and feel conflicted about his his character and kind of understand his his motivation for why he's doing this uh do we feel like this is serves this is going to serve the character well or do you feel like this is uh shoving in a bunch of stuff that uh, we don't need or do you think it's better for the character what what is he, so you're saying he's potentially just trying to impress his muse his his lover his his goddess death yes but for us we need something a little bit more vengeful because then it just sounds like he's destroying the universe for love and it's like, ah, come on. We need, we need something a little bit more aggressive, tonally. So you think it's it's uh, good that they are adding this this extra, this extra story for him? Yeah, I, I would think so. Just because we don't have enough time for that to be explained about all like the development of how he was trying to impress the goddess Death, and why he's doing this. And I would counter actually that this is a longer explanation then i love this girl and she's really sick and her name is death and i think killing half of everyone everyone is going to impress her big i do think this is a good thing or a bad thing for the story Uh, undecided right now i mean i don't really know Uh, they can pull it off i know they can i mean that's all they need to do is listen to an amazing episode of comics explained (laughs) and it'll give some it'll give them better ideas on which comics explained is a a great youtube channel uh, actually, if you are a comic book fan and you just want to have your comic books explained, or they actually do a great, he does a great series, Rob does a great series mm-hmm. on the entire uh, Infinity Gauntlet. And he will explain it head head to toe, panel by panel. It's outstanding. 
Do you think that Thanos needed more humanizing uh, Lady Wan, or do you think he should have been left kind of a crazy god the way he was? I feel like this is just some awkward backtracking because he's always just been this big menacing, like, I'm going to crush you figure. And I think as we're watching three, four, five comic book movies every year, the idea of the bad guy who's just like, I will crush you. Like, that's not that interesting. But they're, I mean, they're pot committed to this guy just being the big, bad, scary guy. I don't care anymore about this one. Like, I enjoyed in Black Panther that the villain had motivation and a worldview and actual history. Mm. I enjoyed all of that. Um, But, you know, a lot of it just comes down to the performance because Loki's got, like, weird story. And I don't care that much. I'm just interested in what Tom Hiddleston's doing. So, Sure, throw a weird backstory on it, but don't waste too much time with it because I'm just here to see like some crazy shit go down in that movie. There we go. Yeah, I like I like that. There's a lot of talk on how some of the scariest villains are villains that we know little about. Uh, Heath yeah. Ledger's Joker, you know nothing really about him, other than he other than he wants to yeah. cause chaos. You know, uh, you Hans knew. Landa. I mean, you knew that Darth Vader was Luke's father, but you didn't. Sienna, his childhood and what they they just said he was my pupil before he turned to the dot that's it like that's all that's yeah the yeah. less you know yeah, the, the less more you know about your villains kind of the more menacing they are because they're these they're these wild cards that can do anything and as soon as you start like like right. retconning backstory that's why uh some of these these prequels about villains are just they they take away from yeah. the original portrayal of a villain because we don't want to see our villain humanized. We want our villain to be unknown, scary, and out of control. And that's my only fear with this kind of like retconning this this backstory because Thanos is so scary because his motivation is so flippant. The guy can literally do anything on a whim and that's what makes him so frightening is that if if he just feels like it he can you destroy half of the universe um and that's my only fear with that but let's uh let's hope that they that they pull this off they will they're marvel we're marvel fanboys i'm not afraid to say it marvel <laughs> dc suck it uh now we're going to move on to the part of the show that we love we are fixing red sparrow this movie went up against the, uh, what is it, third weekend of Black Panther? Still lost, of course, to Black Panther because Black Panther finished with $65 million, becoming the third fastest movie to reach $500 million domestic. Uh, Red Sparrow squeezed in there with $17 million. It finished second. It actually made a lot less than Lucy. Lucy opened to $43 million. Salt opened to $36 million, and it made just a little less than even Atomic Blonde and Ghost in the Shell, which each made $18 million. Mm. Uh, it's a reteaming of her Catching Fire and Mockingjay director, Francis Lawrence. And it's a film that I actually thought was uh, okay, actually. Ugh. I have a lot of problems with the beginning, with the Sparrow School and things like that, but uh, some of the, the espionage and the double-crossing I didn't mind so much. I did, however, hear a man when I got up from the theater. A man behind me probably sums up feelings in some of the other people's in the theaters. He said when he said, ooh, ooh, 
that was pretty good, I guess. Uh, I missed <laughs> I missed a plot twist somewhere in the middle. But... <laughs> oh, very sad news. He's like a, he's he, a very nice. He's a good movie nice critic, man. Yes, he was. <laughs> it was pretty good. So, uh, without further ado, as if you haven't heard my voice enough, here comes the plot summary for Red Sparrow. Okay, so Jennifer Lawrence's character, Dominika Igorova. She's a Russian ballerina who supports a mother who is sick through her ballet. And she, uh, during one of her performances, her leg is broken very gruesomely. And her uncle comes to her and tells her that there's a way that she could still support her sick mother. And also gives her pictures of uh, the person who broke her leg. This guy is in an, an affair with uh, another Russian uh, ballerina. She, after she bludgeons these two ballerinas, her uncle comes to her and says that he's got one job for her, and if she does this job, she can she'll be able to support her mom still and 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 whatnot, and they'll cover up for that gruesome death. She does the job, and while she's in doing this job, they come in and kill the guy while he's on top of her, and then the uncle whisks her away to some russian school this sparrow school so she's in sparrow school and she's there because she's beautiful and she's there and she needs to learn how to use her body her sensuality her sexuality to work for the russian government essentially so she goes through sparrow school and she's chosen to get close to a an american cia agent who knows who a mole is in the russian government so they send her to Budapest to get close to this guy, and she moves in with this woman, Marta, who's another sparrow. She decides to get close to the CIA guy by being, by playing kind of coy and showing up at his swimming pool and uh, stuff like that. But she eventually gets close to him, and she uses her real name, which was a, a tactic that probably the Russian government did not want. But it works out because it makes her seem like she's, she's legit. So she decides to work for the Americans. Basically, she wants to work as a double agent, and she takes on the assignment of Marta, that other sparrow. The Russian government comes and murders that sparrow as a message to Dominica because she's not quite getting the information from the CIA agent quick enough or the way that they want her to. She takes on Marta's assignment, which is to meet this person named Boucher, played by Mary Louise Parker. She's selling secrets. She does the deal with Boucher. Somehow the Americans mess up that, though, and Moscow gets tipped off, and she gets sent back to Russia. She's tortured. She somehow convinces them to send her back to finish this mission by proving that she isn't a double agent or is not turning in the mole or whatever. The actual mole shows up and tells uh, Dominica that it's, it's fine if she tips the the Russian government the Russian government off to his existence because then she can just be the mole and that's how you think things are playing out but then there's a mole exchange where the Russian government is going to give the mole and she's going to give herself back to the Russians but then you find out that she didn't give up the American mole she had been planting evidence of her uncle the one who first entered a sparrow school being the mole and he takes a couple steps toward the line for the exchange he's shot in the head dominica goes back to russia she's now part of the russian government they congratulate her they uh, give her this ceremony or whatnot but now she's in the russian government and the american mole is still there played by jeremy irons and that's it that's the uh, the end of the movie so espionage russian is the Cold War back? 
Is it just a cool war? Do we have any fixes? Oh, it needs fixing. It needs a lot of discussion. Let's uh, let's let's get into it. Okay. We love to fix movies, but we also love movies. What's something that you liked about this movie, Mustachio? Um, I liked the imagery of the movie. It was beautiful, uh, very elegant looking. It does look like a sophisticated kind of spy uh, film with its uh, visualizations. And I think J-Law brought it. I, I think she, you know, really was living in this character. I, I really liked the terrifying torture guy, the guy that likes to peel skin. I felt like that was a terrible kind of villain type. And there was some real spy versus spy kind of double cross shit. It was, so it had some good things going for it. How about for you, Lady One? Probably the only thing I liked about this movie was that Jeremy Irons was in it. I didn't realize he was in it going into it. I went back and watched the trailer since, and he is in the trailer, so I guess I just, like, blocked it out. So when he first showed up, I was like, oh, shit, that's Scar. And there was definitely a point in the movie where I was like, I wonder what Jeremy Irons is up to, because I wanted more of him. But he was the only part that I liked. This is not my kind of movie. This is not made for me. This is not what I would be seeing normally. I feel like you say that a lot. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of movies that come out, and they're not all for everyone. So... Yeah, sure. I'm just grain of salt because I hated this movie doesn't mean it's the worst movie ever. It means it's not my kind of movie. I concur with uh, Mustachio. I did think Jennifer Lawrence was very good in it. Yeah. I tend to enjoy, enjoy stories where somebody is in over their head in a world that is much more dangerous uh, and has a lot more uh, uh, intrigue going on, but they need to navigate it. And still try to come out on top and alive. And I think this movie did really well with that aspect of it. Where I thought it really failed was in the actual, you know, the actual title of this movie is Red Sparrow. And I thought anything involving that sparrow aspect of this film was where it really faltered for me. Uh, but I, I did enjoy it on its own merit. If you would have taken the whole Sparrow storyline out, just made it a story about a ballerina who is in over her head and mixed up in some stuff, I think it would have been a better movie. Mm. But that said, we need to fix this thing. Why don't you start us off, Lady Wan? You know what movie I love? I love Legally Blonde. So so there there's part of why I don't like this movie, because I like Legally Blonde. And as Elle Woods would say, the rules of hair care are finite. Um, you can't go blonde from a box of hair dye. You cannot. If your hair is brown, you cannot go to the grocery store in Budapest, buy one box of blonde hair dye, and be beautifully, stunningly blonde the next day. You just can't. Or, yeah, Lady One, what about her friend not using gloves with all that Right? Bleach? So so Marta um, has got a chemical burn and orange hands, like, reasonably. So that's just ridiculous. And to me, while I'm watching that scene, I just felt like smacked in the face by wow this is a movie just totally made by men because they have no idea <laughs> that that is just nonsense to watch like you can't do that so like i like the idea that she looks at the pictures of uh cia nate and all of his blonde sex workers and i like that she's like oh well i gotta go blonde he's in blondes fine let's do this go get your peroxide do it like old school style and then Okay, you cannot go blonde and then go to a swimming pool. Her hair would be green. You cannot do this. Like, the chlorine yeah. would turn her hair green. So I want her to bleach her hair blonde because she knows that's what she needs to do. And now her hair is breaking and it's falling off and it looks gross and she has to chop it short. 
and now she looks totally different because she's just the same beautiful girl the whole time. I want her to have to chop her hair short. I want her to be upset about this because mm-hmm. as a girl, I'm saying like when we have to cut our hair, if we're cutting our hair for any reason other than I just want to, we're upset. Like if a dye job doesn't work out or something like there's damage and you have to go shorter than you want to, you're going to be upset about that. And that's a chance to give her some just like a moment of reflection on herself of like, okay, I'm doing this for my country. I'm doing this for my mother. I'm doing this because I have to and I'm going to ruin my beautiful brown hair and it's going to be fried and blonde and I'm going to chop it short and I'm not going to look like me anymore. That's good. This is why we need female directors. I mean, Patty Jenkins would not let that shit stand. Uh. Mustachio, do you do you have one? Okay, so on top of what she was saying about the the hair dye, I I love that. Like it needs to have a practical nature to it. Uh-huh. It needs to have something that you understand like, oh, this is real. And so for like a sparrow school that where people like these young individuals get indoctrinated uh-huh. into this like spy way of life and this like ruining and uh, redeveloping of who they are never to be the same again I want that to have like a significance so maybe have like something why they're called red sparrows in there maybe red sparrows kind of symbolizing that this is like a blood-soaked freedomless crazed animal you know they were seen in Greek culture as like reincarnation of Aphrodite so the beauty of these individuals and why they were picked maybe something small in there just to show that oh yeah they're being indoctrinated crazy and there's nothing they can do about it. But now they are referred to as red sparrows for a reason. Cool. Did you look up that uh, sparrow fact from ancient Greece? Yeah, actually I did. Uh, uh, history. <laughs> history buff. Uh, the Greeks. The Greeks. Pita bread. That's that's good. Uh, one of my, all of my fixes basically involve sparrow school. As the foundation on which the film was resting, I found it a very shaky foundation. I liked everything else. Shaky nest. Yeah, it was a shaky nest. I didn't I didn't let it wreck the whole movie for me, but I really wish it wasn't done on such a such shaky ground. My first fix just involves sparrow school training, okay? So, for the most part, we just see them picking locks and having them forcing them to attempt to pleasure men's penises. Like that's Hey, that they happens. jogged once. <laughs> they just <laughs> yeah that was they jogged <laughs> so that was the extent of training they're essentially preparing these males and females to go out and seduce people and to be able to obtain secrets and probably to live and get themselves out of some hairy some hairy situations what were you saying lit lady one where you were like they could just get regular prostitutes yeah. to do this <laughs> yeah they don't they don't seem to be trained fighters or trained at manipulating people. It just seems like, oh, well, we you need to be able to get down on your knees if the time calls for it. Like, what? There's plenty of people who do that for a living. Just go get them. There are sex workers in Russia. Just bring them in to do this job for you. I don't understand why you need to train yeah. other people to do this. Yeah. You're not equipping <laughs> yeah. them with any special skills. That's I don't get it. That's pre-training right there. <laughs> I don't off the street. I don't get it. So, that's great. That's a, like a <laughs> that's a good like precursor to my fix. That's great. So, yeah, my fix is to essentially just fix this this whole training. Show them shooting some guns. There's a scene in there where one of the other recruits comes in to rape her in the shower and she 
goes for the the shower handle rips it off and like starts beating this guy with it and i was like i was like man where did she pick up on that like i've never thought to rip the shower handle out and beat somebody with it my fix for that one scene in particular is to have a scene where the instructor teaches them how to walk into a room and immediately look for weapons and things that they can defend themselves with in case stuff Mm -hmm. goes wrong yeah. yeah. So yeah. I would have liked to have seen that, and I would have been like, "Oh, she had that training, and this dude's trying to, you know, get on her, and she immediately used that training. She looked for a weapon, she grabbed it, and she used it. So that is one of the one of my fixes. Sticking with Sparrow School, a lot of the quote unquote training was about getting rid of your inhibitions. But other than one guy stripping, you never see that. Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, refuses to strip and she doesn't get in trouble there's this bull-cutted girl who i don't know why she's in that school who literally collapses into a ball at at the side (laughs) of an old man penis and you really don't see any punishment for that Mm -hmm. you never see the guys having to seduce women there's a big problem there and my fix for that is in this scene i'm gonna go ahead and and do a scene here (laughs) bowl cut refuses to collapses into a ball at the side of the d the next time they're in that classroom bowl cut's gone and you can presume that she's dead they got rid Mm -hmm. of her so now they get j-law to come and the old guy comes in and he's like here's my old old d (laughs) well j-law reluctantly goes for it make the guy the one that tried to rape her kind of like laugh at her for having to do it and the teacher notices and now she makes the guy come and please the man i wanted this school to be uh to show no favoritism towards genders Mm -hmm. make you have to do every kind of uncomfortable act that might sound gross but this school's gross and it felt very pg rated this school like it just i what I, I wasn't seeing the harshness going on with this school, especially when you can collapse into a ball and go, Aah! and nothing happens to you. I wanted to see the school be much more difficult. And I, I think that a scene like that would fix that. And so that's my fix for fixing the sexuality okay. of the school. Okay. I know you've got another one, Lady Wan. Go I for it. I have so many. I have so many. Fix it. So, so I have a, a little, little tiny one here. I'm going to sound like, real petty with this because my first one was hair dye and my second one is um about how she does the sting operation and buys the information from the american trader character played by mary louise parker and she gets it on like eight floppy disks so first of all (laughs) my computer does not even have a cd drive anymore because that technology is antiquated and now i went and looked this up because I needed to know just how stupid this was. And if you remember my little clip that I sent into the show last week, that clip would have required six floppy disks to send into the show. No. Are they using those because they're untraceable by most standards it, today? It was nonsense. <laughs> it was complete and utter nonsense. And it honestly, when it got to that part, I was like, oh, wait a second. Is this movie happening in like the 90s? And I didn't realize time shift but but it wasn't all the cars are modern she buys a burner phone and a vending machine her computer at her hungarian job is completely normal it was it was just nonsense and it was another one of those things where i was like wait what is happening no this is why isn't it just a usb drive why aren't we just doing that because it honestly pulled me out of the movie it was so distracting it was bizarre 
Yeah. Floppy disks? That's good. <laughs> there shouldn't be like little sans disks in here. Where do you that... even buy those anymore? No. I mean, how? You would figure that CIA and high up Russian operators are probably using some kind of technology that I don't even know about. Yeah. Yeah, precisely. It... It's Even ridiculous. Then. And yeah. it, it's such a small thing that I I can't imagine the prop master being like, wait, you need floppy disks? And yeah. the prop master is not allowed to say to anyone, wait, doesn't... Like Jennifer Lawrence, how old <laughs> is she? 27? Does Jennifer Lawrence know what a floppy disk is? Like, <laughs> I don't think she was using those when she was in school. No. It was just another indication that nobody on the set was able to go, hold up, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, that plot point was definitely flimsy. <laughs> It was floppy. It was floppy. Yes, <laughs> floppy. yes that is it. Uh, Mustachio, do you have another one? I felt like there could have been subtitles th- uh, during the movie. Like when they're in Russia, let them speak Russian. I mean, if you're going to show me as best as you can do it, CGI of, of uh, <laughs> Dominica uh, CGI ballet. ballet. Yeah. If you're going to try to wow me with that and like, oh, she's in Russia. She's doing ballet. I want you to wow me with how well they can speak deep Moscow Russian, especially like during a scene in which after she's been tortured, now she has to kind of plead for her loyalty to her uncle. I mean, like it should be in the mother tongue in this native language. And so for me, that that would have held more weight to it. And also since the movie, since a lot of the movie doesn't take place in Russia, I mean, a good portion of it does, but. Since all of it doesn't, you know, you could yeah. you could have probably gotten away with that. I think yeah. for me, I would have been even more irritated if I had to actually read while I was not enjoying <laughs> this movie. But I get what you're saying. Like, I really do, because the only thing I can compare it to is like the cell block tango in Chicago when the Hungarian ballerina has to do her whole thing in Hungarian. You're just like, oh, like, I have no idea what she's saying, but you're just like in oh, awe yeah. of like her just spilling her guts and like saying explaining the whole thing that she didn't do it and it's right there and it's just really really interesting so i think i see what you're saying where the moment where she's like begging her uncle to like call off the dogs essentially stop torturing me Mm -hmm. i'm doing this for the country this is the mission that would have held more weight in russian yeah but I'm not willing to sit through an entire movie that I already (laughs) don't like and then have to read the whole time. But I I think it was one of those where it was just like they're catering to American audiences. This is a book written by an American. Like this, the author was, was he CIA? Um, So he's, you know, he's writing for an American audience. The movie is for an American audience. There are almost no Russian people in this movie. Very few. I think I found two or three in the cast list. Her uncle, that guy, he's Belgian. He looks just like Putin, but he's Belgian. He did. (laughs) He He looked like baby Putin. He had a Putin prosthetic nose. Yeah, he's Uncle Putin. (laughs) Jeremy Irons is obviously not Russian. Like, he doesn't even seem like he's Russian in the movie. I'm like, that's that's Jeremy Irons. I don't know what you're doing. He was was speaking with a British accent with a faint... Like a hint Russian. of Russian. A little bit of Eastern European. Yeah, the head of the Sparrow School is Charlotte Rampling. Nope, not Russian. Jolie Richardson is her mom. Not Russian. Like, nobody's Russian. And and I did actually, I went to go, like, see if other people hated this movie. And I saw a couple comments on the trailer on YouTube where a few people were like, where's the Slavic representation? Why are you having an American girl play this part? And I was like, well, okay, but 
but they have a point. <laughs> they have a point, but at the end of the day, does this movie get greenlit in America without Jennifer Lawrence in it? Oh, absolutely not. It's a and there were mess. no birds anywhere. What's up with that? I know. Oh, <laughs> terrible! Terrible development for Mustachio. You're like, I this was. I thought this was a bird watching I thought, movie. I thought this. They said it was going to be sexual in nature, and I'm like, but there's no birds. Like, what? <laughs> wait, what? I'm like, you're you have a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a bird person. Uh. I've got one more fix okay. here, and it's me trying to make sense of why, out of everyone at the Sparrow School, why they would send. Dominica on this mission when she has only been in Sparrow School for three months. Right. Yeah. And is the worst student. <laughs> yeah. She thinks she's getting kicked out when she gets her mission. She thinks that she's she's failed because she hasn't done anything that they've wanted her to do. The reason they give is that she, quote, knows how to read people. That's not reason enough. The only thing I can figure is if Jeremy Irons' mole character had been be- had been the motivation behind sending her. But I don't know if that was ever abundantly clear. I would have made it to where, since she was being sent to get close to a CIA agent who's very knowledgeable of Russia and how Russian espionage works uh-huh. and how uh, KGB or Russian intelligence works, how a regular Sparrow would be obvious to him. So that's my fix for why she would get picked because she's not an obvious pick for any mission. Yeah. It's like, like, are they picking the best or the worst? Because she definitely doesn't seem like the best. It fell short. It didn't fly very far. While we're on the subject of just people who were should have been flunking out of Sparrow School, <laughs> I would have loved to have seen a scene where Bullcut was out in the real world too. Oh, Will Will Byers? Where they sent Will Byers from Stranger Things out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was still curled up in a little ball from Castle Byers all the way into the Sparrow School. It's like, like how how did he get here? That actress had the Will Byers cut 100%. She went into the barber and asked for the Stranger Things. Who's had a bowl cut since, I don't know, 1994? If this is supposed to be present day, that character's out of place. This whole movie's pointing towards like early 90s. Yeah. Yeah, I really wish they would have made that choice. Put it back then. Build a world. Instead, it was just lazy and it just felt cold and miserable the whole time. And I didn't like anybody. Yeah, I I said I didn't like anybody. And I mean, I didn't like anybody. Like our lead character. (laughs) I assume I'm supposed to be rooting for her. She's Jennifer Lawrence. Her, Her bread and butter is like... I'm just a crazy American girl who got famous. Look at me. She's so <laughs> unlikable. She's so cold. This movie is two hours and 20 minutes long. You guys, that's really long. Yeah. I don't care that you're a ballerina. I understand she did some training for the movie and like worked on it a little bit, but I still know that like the really good spinning is CGI ballerina. Like they're throwing her face on some girl. And if they could have cut all the ballerina scenes and you can refer to it i'm fine if she is a ballerina in character and she has this story and she had this injury but one i don't want to watch her break her leg like kevin ware style i don't want to see that and (laughs) two the fact that she immediately upon finding out that somebody probably did this to her on purpose goes to the locker room and beats them almost to death is like oh well she's psycho so so, yeah, I'm not rooting for her. She's an awful person. It, it doesn't seem like she's losing any 
possibility of like a normal happy life by becoming a sparrow instead of a ballerina because clearly homegirl is already crazy you're supposed to see a character arc and character growth and instead she beats someone yeah. <laughs> almost to yeah. death in the first ten, ten minutes, well, and you're like, "Okay." She breaks that girl's sh- jaw. Is okay. is that your fix? Is there a, a, a fix in there? Yeah, yeah I don't want to. I don't want to see her beat other people Grab before she's okay. before she is under the control of Mother Russia. When she's just doing what she wants to do, she still chooses to be a brutal human being. So I, if that scene is not in there, if all of the opening ballet scene is not in there. I would prefer it if we just start with her. She's got a cane and she's finding out that because of her injury, she's got to move. She can't be here anymore. And she used to be a ballerina. That's one fix right there is I don't want to sit through these ballet scenes. Cut this movie down. Tell it to me in flashbacks. Let her or let it be that story that she tells to CIA Nate. But also keep that injury. Keep the limp. Be vulnerable. Look like you have a weakness. It's never brought back. She right because this was how much later six after months. The break. It's yeah, six yeah. months after oh. a traumatic injury, and they even say in Sparrow School, your job is to find out what the other person's weakness is, find out what they need, and fill that need. But nobody ever uses that against her where they find out, oh, she's got a bad leg. There's a guy who keeps coming back and torturing and killing people throughout this movie who knows she has a bad leg. He knows it because he was there the first night. They have a fight. They have like a really gross fight in the kitchen, and that guy should have been going for her leg. He's a trained yeah, torturer, like trained killer. Right he should have been like, oh, I know you got a bad leg because I was there the night that that guy was like making out with your scar. Yeah. And he should have and then gone kick. for her leg. <laughs> Bring it back. Yes. Instead, she's fine. She's walking in stilettos three months after that surgery. She is on a cane by day and by night in stilettos. Like, yeah, no. Yeah, and she's ascending and descending stairs in stilettos. That's... Like I'm getting big, big picture themey. Maybe, maybe that's how she's a little broken bird. She's got a bad leg. Ooh, look, she's a sparrow. You know, give me something. <laughs> Do we have anything else, or should we consider this fixed? Oh man, that that encompassed like another one of mine. I felt like she said that really well. I guess we should consider this. All right, so that has been another episode of Screen Fixed. Tune in next week when we will fix yet another movie, maybe one uh, that a uh, Sharpay would love. Do those have wrinkles? I don't know. Anyway, so here we go. Um, why don't you send us home, Lady One, because we struggled last week. <laughs> it's 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 good it's good to have you back. It's, it's good. so good to have you back, Lady One. <laughs> um. Okay. So if you have a question, if you have something you want us to talk about, hit us up at screenfixpod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at screenfixpod on Twitter. We are also on Instagram where we posted our little side-by-side of Will Byers and that poor girl from Sparrow School. So go find us there at screenfixpod. We're on Facebook as well, uh, screenfixpodcast right there. And please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, the whole deal. 
um, and tell a friend. We also have a Patreon account where you can donate to the show. We would love to keep this podcast going for you all as long as possible. We also have dreams of opening a one-screen theater that can be the home for podcasting and for indie films. That has been it for Screen Fix. Send us out. Uh, why don't you make your best sparrow noise, Mustachio? <laughs> Surprise, surprisingly good. Well, I mean, that's a maiden call if I've ever heard one. Lady Juan, give us your sparrow. <laughs> oh, I I don't have a tweet in me. Go ahead, try one. There we go.